fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Uh, with Pat and Stu today uh, for Glenn. 888-727-BECK. Uh, this is kind of exciting because the 2020 presidential election has already kind of kicked off. Yeah, we just skipped 2019. We, yeah. had, we had New Year's Eve, and then it was 2020. <laughs> pretty much. That's pretty much how it went. As far as the presidential campaign, that's for sure. Uh, with the with the Democrats, uh, I mean, some people have said 30 people <laughs> are going to be announcing for president. Uh, and it's already begun. Well, not officially, but Elizabeth Warren has already announced that she's starting an exploratory uh, committee, which means she's running for president. Yeah, that's the, that's a fair... Because it's just something they never explore it and are like, you know what? No, I, I don't you know, think I the people want me. Nobody wants me, so I'm not going to do it. I've never heard. I don't think I've ever heard that. I have to say, I explored it, and the people are not fans. And that's what I've determined. I just found so. out it'd be a waste of time for me to run for president and money, of course. So and you know, not going to re- do it. I realize I don't really like the country all that much as I was exploring this. So, so we're all set. No, I don't have to explore any further. Uh, so she uh, she already announced she's doing the exploratory committee and she put it together and do we do we have the actual announcement um hmm I think see. we have something in here uh, some of the audio let's see we've got uh, Elizabeth Warren um, yeah well we I don't know if we have the announcement but here's where <laughs> she I think this was shortly after she announced she wanted to show how relatable she is as mm. a human being she just does the same stuff we do at home you know, in the kitchen, she's hanging out, drinking a beer, hanging out with her husband. I mean, this is so natural. It just makes you want to vote for her. Um, here is Elizabeth Warren relating to all of us. If you hear gnawing in the background, uh, the reason for that is that Bailey is in the kitchen. Say hello, Bailey. Say hello. Yeah, yeah. Hold on a sec. I'm going to get me um, a beer. My husband Bruce is now in here. Um, you want a beer? No, I'll pass on the beer for now. You sure? Okay, well, yes. relatable. So this is my sweetie. Hello. Um, it's your sweetie. And I'm oh, crazy. Uh, that's great. You. That's so. Thank you for being here. I can relate to you. You drink beer, and I drink beer. Who have we got here so far? Um, Skyler uh, and fourteen others. Whoa! Hello. That's fifteen Denise? people. Hi. Wow. Fortnite. All right. All right. Good to see you. Who else have we got? Uh, Kenny? So bad. Kenny's right? there. Kenny, the Kenny is there. Kenny showed. Oh, He's always there. Is that yeah, Greeny Goddess? Him. Wow. Greeny, Greeny Goddess, Goddess came. If Greeny mm-hmm. Goddess didn't come, this was not a campaign. Right? Uh, now we So know. now she's explored, and I think she's done, because she's found out that Kevin is there, and Greeny Goddess mm-hmm. is there, and they love her. There we go. And so she should run. We, uh, we... <laughs> <laughs> oh man! All right, Glenn Beck. Uh, Glenn Beck is back on Monday, uh, so we have a couple days here with uh, myself and Pat. Uh, we're going to take a quick sixty-second break and come back on the other side with more on who's running in twenty twenty. This is the Glenn Beck program.
Let's talk about something real here. You can put off a lot of things in life. You don't have to join a gym. You can clean your gutters, but usually they will rot off your house. But here's another thing you shouldn't put off, and that is getting home security. It's your home. It's your family. It's your stuff. You want to protect it, but there's always something holding you back. And most likely, it's the idea of paying an awful lot of money or paying a middleman and being indebted forever. It also could be the fact that they want you to schedule a six-hour installation window. You don't have time for that. Simply Safe Home Security has gotten rid of all of those reasons not to get home security. And I'm about to tell you how to save a ton, too. These guys are really great. They don't have any contracts. There's no wiring. There's no markup. There's no installation windows. Just professional quality home security with 24-hour professional monitoring. Now you can save hundreds on Simply Safe with their extended holiday sale. Just go to simplysafebeck.com to get this great offer at simplysafebeck.com. Save on home protection today, but hurry. The holiday sale ends January 8th. That's simplysafebeck.com. Back here, we're talking about Elizabeth Warren. Uh, and Pat, I would love to get your initial gut reaction. Does she have any chance to be the nominee or to be president in the United States? No chance. Of either? No. Now, will you eat your underwear if, if she no. becomes... No, no I will not. I was hoping to no. goad you into that today. <laughs> no. Because uh, you did that last time in 2016. Yes. Yeah, if, and I, feel, I felt pretty good about it in 2016. I still feel pretty good about it, but mm-hmm. uh, pretty good is not, not enough. Well, she's actually I, running this time. She's actually going to run, mm-hmm. and she could win, but I, I really think it's a long shot. And The Hill has presented their initial rankings of the field. Mm-hmm. And uh, at the top of the list, they have uh, Beto O'Rourke. Their number one person, Beto O'Rourke. <laughs> this, how fast this stuff changes. It's unbelievable. The guy lost his race. Yeah, right. The only thing he's known for is losing. Yes. And yet he is going to be their, their top dog. They, they just, they're in love with him. They're absolutely in love with him. They said that there's an old cliche that Republicans fall in line and Democrats fall in love. And that's clearly what's happened with Beto O'Rourke. It they fell in love that. with Obama, mm-hmm. and they fell in love with Beto O'Rourke. And I don't, I don't know if there's going to be any stopping him now for the nomination in 2020. That's insane. I mean, it look, is. we all have those romances throughout our lives, Pat. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are times we fall in love and we fall out of love. There was a time in which the Democrats were in love with Elizabeth Warren. Yep. That time is not now. They did fall out of love with her, I think. Yes, I don't know. I mean, yeah. it, it kind of feels to me... Like it was the whole Native American DNA test. Does, it that, does feel like it. But that only pushed it over the edge. Yeah. I, 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 I think they were falling out of love before that. Yeah. And, and it, that kind of finished it off. Some people are like, oh, well, this is uh, what it is. is <laughs> they are just not comfortable with a woman at the top of the ticket. That's like, that's just okay. ridiculous. Uh, uh, stupid. First, Hillary I, Clinton was seemingly a woman. <laughs> right. Right. I know. And now they're saying because it was Hillary Clinton <laughs> and she lost, we can't nominate another woman. We can't, we can't, you know, another uh-huh. uh, older woman is not, is not the way to go, which I mean, you know, look, you can argue that I think there is a, um, a, there's something similar about the way Elizabeth Warren and Hillary Clinton handle things mm-hmm. that seems, uh, equally incompetent. Yes. And that is not what you need to bring to the table against Donald no, Trump. Not like, at all. That's the one thing you need to be able to do. And the DNA thing she handled so poorly. It was just, I, I think even to Democrats, they were like, okay, come on. Yeah. Unfortunately, it was, it was like one 1024th Native American. Right. Please stop it. <laughs> so bad. Like you remember when they used to have those uh, free HBO preview weekends? I remember because I never had HBO growing up. And then like one weekend a year, 
HBO would be on and you get to see HBO yeah. for free. Yeah. That's like what happened with the DNA test. It was like a free preview to her candidacy. And that does not look good. In not that moment when Donald Trump makes mm-hmm. some accusation against her or some big news story breaks, someone finds something from her past, how is she going to react to it? And they got the free preview. What she's going to do is like call 23andMe.com <laughs> and get them to do a DNA test. I, like it was so incompetent and so horribly handled. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, that I and think, when she found out she was one one thousand twenty four, she should have just squelched it and not not yeah. brought it up. It, it should have just been kept private. Yeah. Or okay. It, I, it turned out I'm, I'm not that. I'm not African. I'm not Native American. So yeah. And if she would have said that, it probably would have been okay. There probably was a way of, of handling it. Yeah. Uh, and it certainly wasn't just the way not they the did way it. she did. No. Even if you're going to have a test and it comes out that you're eighty percent Native American, it shouldn't be you releasing that information right you want to leak it to the new york times and have them write up some big thing you could do that i got news for you the new york times would have been game for that one and it didn't they would have taken it it didn't help that the cherokee people came out against her no (laughs) it did not it didn't help it didn't help at all and it's it's and and beto on the other hand never had that i mean again he had his controversies the guy first of all it's not even his name Right. right. Second of all, uh, he's on. Uh, he had a DUI. I mean, th- this guy had some yeah. stuff in his past, but he he yeah. was able to weather it. And in fact, the Cruz people afterwards said they were he. They couldn't. You know, they couldn't put him away. It took everything mm-hmm. they had mm-hmm. just to just to win that election. And they, and he they squeaked it out in Texas. Yeah. I mean, he won by what two, two and a half? Nine. Yeah. Two point nine, almost mm-hmm. three points, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he should have won by twenty. Yeah. And so well, the reason why you look at Beto, even though he lost as a big candidate, and this is the way the Democrats are doing this, is because he outperformed what he was supposed to do, right? Yes. Like the the uh, the, yeah. and he was actually not the biggest outperformer, which is kind of interesting. They went through this and they said, uh, who outperformed the environment and their state more than any other Democrat? And they went through the list. Uh, here's a few: uh, Gillibrand was plus three point eight percent. O'Rourke was plus seven point two percent. So they think in a, in a, a oh. normal a replacement level should've candidate should have lost by like nine. Should have lost by like nine or ten, right? Yeah, that's a replacement level mm-hmm. candidate. There are two that actually beat O'Rourke, which which are interesting, and both of them are also being talked about um, as candidates. Uh, Klobuchar from uh, Minnesota. No uh, way does she win. I don't know. There's I, no I, way she wins. She doesn't have a lot of recognition at Mm-mm. this point. Um, she seems to have. She has a sort of moderateish. Uh, vibe from what people tell me uh, that are Democrats. They like, they like, she's not like, she doesn't come off as a crazy liberal, but she's from a state in the, you know, mid- Midwest and maybe there's something there. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, that but one, she outperformed yeah, Beto? But, uh, That's yeah, interesting. Eight, plus 8%. So O'Rourke was plus wow. 7.2. But the number one, um, by, by a wide margin, actually, a 9.4% overperforming was Sherrod Brown in Ohio. And and he's really? the guy that there's there's an element. He's of, on this list too. Yeah, easy. Yeah, because yeah. he's one of those guys. If um, he's sort of like the, it's Joe. It's in a way. It's it's just a way. It's Joe Biden, but he's newer, right? Like he, and now, younger. He, he has that same sort of vibe as far as like he's middle class and he's you know he's no nonsense and he's populist and all that stuff. But he comes from Ohio, obviously a swing state. He did very well there in a, in it in a time where it's not particularly uh, blue. Of all candidates in this entire measure, of all the Democrats, Elizabeth Warren 
Wow. Elizabeth Warren uh, did not have any value above replacement, basically. Basically finished as any replacement candidate would. The only Democrat with a lower score was uh, Menendez, who was in the middle of a corruption trial. Wow. So that is, I mean, that's a big, she just isn't, she's not even loved by Massachusetts. No. So how is she going to be loved by the rest of America? I don't think she is. I don't think she is. Um, So you had Beto at number one, according to The Hill. Uh, Bernie Sanders, still second. Now, look, this guy would be almost 80 years old by the time he would become president if he won the election. If he got the nomination, I think he's... I think he's 76 now, so he'd be 78 in 2020 if he were to win. Now, when you start out in the presidency, older than the average age of death for an American male, it's not a good sign. No. That's not a good sign. Really? And maybe maybe we enter something into the Constitution that maybe if you're past the age, the average age of expiration, you don't get to run. <laughs> now, if healthcare improves, you as, if healthcare yeah, right, improves, we'll, right. we'll start. As, we'll, we'll inch it up. Exactly. Uh, I think. We but do for that. now, for when now. the average age of death for the American male is seventy six, and you're seventy eight, and no, I'm sorry, you can't run for president. Triple eight seven twenty seven Beck is the number. We've kind of arranged the way the. Sh- if you missed a couple of shows at the end of the year, we've arranged the way the commercial breaks work, so we can take less of them. Uh, so we just have a one minute break here, and we're back in just a second with the rest of uh, today's uh, list of the twenty twenty candidates as we go into election season. This is the Glenn Beck program. Are you tired of chair mats that dent or crack and the corners curl up? Is it time to update your office? If so, you need a glass chair mat by Vitraza. I'm George Pardo, president of Vitraza. We've been supplying high-quality American-made glass chair mats for over a decade. They're made of super strong glass, strong enough to hold a thousand pounds and never dent. And now every mat gets a forever warranty. Plus, they're protected with Invisible Shield Pro 15, a nanotech coating to resist fine scratches. So you'll glide on a smooth glass chair mat, and they're beautiful. Want to know how to get one? We sell direct at Vitraza.com. That's V as in Victor, I-T-R-A-Z-Z-A.com. We'll ship free to your home or office and save 10% when you enter my name, George. Here's our website again, V-I-T-R-A-Z-Z-A.com. And remember, save 10% with code George, Vitraza.com. Grants too right. for Glenn. So where are we in the list? We have we- so we okay. These are the top ten Democrats. They didn't go into all fifty or a hundred or however many are going to wind up running. They just listed the top ten here. And the first at number one, the the candidate with the best chance of winning the Democratic nomination, they think on in the Hill is uh, Beto O'Rourke, Robert Francis O'Rourke, Bob Frank yes, O'Rourke. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two would be Bernie Sanders. Who's really not even a Democrat? He's a socialist. Uh, I guess they're synonymous now. It's they're pretty much the same thing mm-hmm. um, because the Socialist Party has taken over the Democrat Party, so they don't even care anymore. That the, the, the socialists are taking over the party. No longer a racist slur to call a Democrat a socialist. Now it's almost it's a compliment. They, now, yeah, now yeah, it's a compliment. they love it. Now, but just got to keep up with this stuff. Um, former Vice President Joe Biden, number three. Now, I think Biden's got a better chance than Sanders. 
Biden has to be number one on this list. The guy's leading the polls by 20 right? points. Yeah. You know, this 20 is a, points. Again, let's go back to, uh, you know, just a few years ago. This is the same situation that happened with Donald Trump. Everyone was like, ah, oh, that guy doesn't really have a chance. And he's leading by 20 points. And he just kept leading by 20 so points. So weird, yeah. And I kept remember thinking, someone's going to come up here and challenge him, aren't they? No, no, he's just nope. going to win. He's going to win. And I think there's a chance that this happens with, with Biden. Biden. Uh, and and it's kind of interesting because the Hill points out Biden leads almost all opinion polls at this stage. And how you rate his chances depends largely on how you how much you think that matters. Well, I think it matters quite a bit. As you just pointed out with Trump, it mattered a lot. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, we kept saying, all right, he's going to fade eventually. Nope. No, he didn't. He didn't. And I think part of this is, I mean, name recognition. There's nobody on the Beto O'Rourke has not, not even close. This penetrates talk he was radio. third, in right? fact. Yeah, right. He was third. But I mean, when you talk about name recognition for the average person who isn't listening to talk radio, who isn't obsessed with CNN on the left or MSNBC, Beto mm-hmm. O'Rourke is a blip on their radar if they've heard his right. name at all. That's very true. Joe Biden was vice president of the United States for eight years that they remember fondly. Yeah. You know, that is a it, you have to you have true. to factor that in. It's a big deal. Now, I don't even I'm not 100 percent sure he's going to run, though. It does seem that way. Seems likely. Uh, seems likely. But you see these little um, clicks forming. Elizabeth Warren and and Bernie Sanders are going to have a tough time coexisting. They're going to have a tough time because they're going to yeah. battle it out for the same voters. I think the yeah. same thing happened with like, you know, Joe Biden and, you know, if you want to go Sherrod Brown or one of these other uh, more moderate candidates. He's, that's the place he's going to take. I'm the common sense Democrat. That's what he's going to try. It's going to be tough to win a primary with that. And I think that is, well, Beto O'Rourke will say, I'm, he'll just go for it, right? Elizabeth Warren will so. just go for it. I think so. Yeah, they'll both be the socialist candidates. Yeah. Uh, and so will Sanders. And then, and then, in comparison, Biden will look really moderate compared yeah. to them, and that might help him a lot. It's also scary for the <clears throat> general because if 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 Biden is able to somehow win that primary, coming off as relatively sensible, mm-hmm. uh, and again, that's not easy for Joe. No, but if he's able to pull that one off, it's going to fool a lot. again a lot of people who aren't focused on his actual positions are going to think, well, he's more you know he's more moderate. He's the one in the middle, and I can deal with that. And as we mentioned, he had thirty percent support in the CNN poll. Um, last month and number two was Sanders at 14. So more than he more than doubled the second place guy. Mm. Beto was back in third at 11% and then 9% in another poll, but Biden far and away, uh, leading the opinion polls at number four, they have Kamala Harris. Now I, I don't know that she has that much of a shot either. Um, yeah. I'm a little more bullish on Kamala Harris than, let's say, an Elizabeth Warren. Yeah, probably a better yeah. chance than Warren, but yeah. not as good as Biden or maybe even Beto. I think you're right. I mean, there's there's obviously a place for the Democrats who there's some argument among Democrats to take someone who's different. Right. Yeah. Like, they, you know, Biden and Beto are are I mean, and I know this is shocking. Because his name is Beto, but these are just boring white dudes. Okay, and, <laughs> wait a minute. Yeah, <laughs> you're talking about uh, Beto O'Rourke, yes, right? Yes, Bob the Hispanic Frank. guy, Bob Frank O'Rourke. <laughs> yes, and you know this is the this is the exact thing that they say the Republicans do, right? Which is take the you know the some white guy you know and throw him out there, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, Kamala Harris, I think, is going to come at this from the opposite perspective and say women and say you know all sorts of i'm different in x y and z ways and make sure she'll have an identity politics argument and she's not as incompetent as an elizabeth warren or 
or stilted no. or you know again like people keep she's saying photogenic yeah she's yeah she, yeah she's a, pro, a prosecutor so mm-hmm. she's like relatively she's not cory booker if you saw her and cory right. booker they both did things that were wrong mm-hmm. uh during the kavanaugh stuff but cory booker looked like a, an idiot doing he looked it, like a buffoon right he really well, did. she while her points were just as bad as his points she came off as much more credible and so she i think she's more dangerous to not only win the nomination but also win the election than someone like Elizabeth Warren. Or, you know, the, another example of this, and she can't run, obviously, this time, is Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. The, mm. You know, Republicans, if they have a choice between Kamala Harris and Ocasio-Cortez to find the Democratic Party, they salivate over Ocasio-Cortez. Yeah. Because she doesn't know what she's talking about. She's an out... She, she'll say she's a socialist. You know, like, those things are mm-hmm. things Republicans desire in an opposition, right? Where mm-hmm. Kamala Harris is... She'll have the same policies as Ocasio-Cortez, but she's not going to describe them the same way. Or, And she might also know how the government functions, which is another po- positive in her favor. That's very true. <laughs> so we get all the way down to number five before we get to Elizabeth Warren on Oof. this particular list. Fifth, uh, according to The Hill. And then you mentioned Sherrod Brown, the uh, senator from Ohio. Um, and as you said, he won his Senate re-election by, was it nine points over... Over they had the, the the replacement measure we were talking about, like you know wins above replacement in baseball yes. like yep. so it's it's a it's measurement like that, like that. Mm-hmm. It, yeah. he had the best performance among all Democrats yeah and he he won his Senate reelection race in a state Trump carried by eight points over Clinton so and he won it easily pretty big yeah yeah it was not it was not a it was not a one that was a, a close call as we went towards the end of it not at all. So that was, it's pretty impressive. And I, I don't know. I mean, people in Ohio might know him better to say whether this guy could pull off a national spotlight. It'll be interesting. 888-727-BECK is the phone number. Uh, we're back in just a couple of minutes. Glenn Beck is back on Monday. It's Pat and Stu in for Glenn on the Glenn Beck program. It's Pat and Stu for Glenn. Uh, Glenn returns on Monday. Triple uh, eight. 727-B-E-C-K. Uh, we were going over the uh, top candidates, uh, according to The Hill, uh, for the Democrat Party. And I think we got down to number five or six with, yeah, number six, Sherrod Brown. Want to run through the top five here real quick? Yeah. In case people missed. Um, top five include uh, Beto O'Rourke at number one, uh, Bernie Sanders, followed by Joe Biden. Then you got Kamala Harris and Elizabeth Warren in the top five. Then you got Sherrod Brown at number six, Cory Booker at number seven. Who I, I don't think he has any chance. No, at all. he's he's like Warren in, in his level of competence. Very much he's, so. He's not a good candidate. Amy Klobuchar, that nobody knows, Democrat from Minnesota. I've heard good things about her though. Uh, <laughs> so I think she's one of those people who maybe doesn't have the name recognition, but has it. She she. I think they'll start talking about her in VP circles when we get closer, especially if it's someone like Beto. If they go with a white dude, they yeah. will not pick another white dude. You can I can promise you that. Whoever is VP will be some. They will it will check some box from some identity group. <laughs> if yep, they pick probably. a white dude for the top of the ticket, they will definitely check a box in the other the other definitely. side. Of it. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Uh, then you get to former uh, mayor Michael Bloomberg, who again now, has no chance. Bloomberg has no chance, but it's hard to count out a guy completely when he has you know billions and billions of dollars. <laughs> and to he spend. said he would spend up to a hundred million dollars of his own money, which is nothing. I mean, uh, if he's spending a hundred million dollars, he has no chance. Yeah, he's got to spend. He, if he if he actually wanted this to happen, he should mentally commit to two billion dollars of his own money. <laughs> <laughs> and never raise a dime like yeah. make it a big issue just like trump did i'm not yes. doing any fundraisers i'm not doing any of that stuff 
be Here's great. what I believe. And, and, you and at least just have, bleed his bank account dry. But Go it's ahead. Not, what would he be stuck with? $20 billion? I mean, Probably, like, yeah. if you actually want to win the presidency of the United States, you should take all of that off the table for all of your constituents, mm-hmm. too. You know, mm-hmm. why are you demanding money from your voters if you have all that? No, it's pathetic. Yeah. You shouldn't be. Uh, and Kirsten Gillibrand, the Democrat senator from New York, uh, rounded out the top 10. I don't this, see the argument for her. Really. I, I, I don't get it at all. Yeah. There's no, she has no shot. If you're going to go with Kirsten Gillibrand, you should go with Klobuchar or Harris. Yeah. Right? I mean, they're better examples of what she does. The only thing she's really known for is kind of being the head of the Me Too thing in the, in the mm, Senate. Yeah. She's kind of on mm-hmm. that bandwagon. But again, I don't know how that exactly wins you an election. I, yeah. I don't know that that'll translate to votes. Um, but then you, you talk about people who have no shot. The other potential candidates outside the top 10, according to The Hill, mm-hmm. uh, former New Orleans mayor, Mitch Landrieu. Why, I mean, why would no. you waste your time? Seriously, why? Uh, former Virginia Governor Terry McAuliffe. He probably has a better shot than some of these people. but it, He at least has the Clinton network yes, built in. Uh, right. And there's something to be said for that. Mm-hmm. I just don't think Democratic voters want anything to do with Hillary Clinton at this point. Billionaire Tom Steyer, who is just a, a psycho. See, he, just a psychotic he, idiot. He has spent a lot of money on places like MSNBC to get his face in front of them. He has yeah. some name recognition. He also, same thing with Bloomberg, has billions of dollars. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a very, very wealthy man. And also, he's one of these guys that's made climate like number, issue number yeah, one oh, and only time. number one. Yeah. Uh, which is a, is an interesting <clears throat> approach. And I don't, I don't know how that works. Because nobody cares about it. I mean, let's face it. When you look at poll after poll mm-hmm. after poll... It's dead last if it's on the list at all. Of priorities? Yeah, um, yeah, it is. Almost always dead last if it's on at all. It's like 2% of the people consider it a big problem. Now, if you did that same poll among activist Democratic um, uh, voters... It'd be 1,000%. It's going to be a lot higher, right? <laughs> yes. And so that's the play here. Yeah. They, um, a guy who I don't think is on this list at all, which says something about his candidacy, he announced, actually, uh, Jay Inslee. Who? I'm sorry? Jay Inslee. Jay Inslee, mm-hmm. who is the... He is, the, of course, course the, the current... Current... Um, uh, governor, governor of... of d- d- Washington. Washington. Washington State. Yeah, right? there's no governor of Washington, D.C., <laughs> so yes, it is Washington, <laughs> Washington State. Yeah, I just wanted to make sure that people knew that. Uh, okay. Oh, because you, yeah. you seem so I, sure about it. <laughs> <laughs> Starting with your who's that... And just leading into the way you just, just well, I wanted just to make sure that you know that uh, people <laughs> knew that I knew who it was, right. and so I was just kind of rhetorically asking, "Who's that?" This is for people listening. His resume rolled off your tongue like it was like a poem you had memorized in childhood. Right? Yes, you know, yeah, very much so. Yeah, so he's uh, going to make the, he's another guy. He's even admitting I basically have no other issues other than climate change. Now, wow, there's a there's a there's a, a certain uh, species of candidate. That Jay Inslee is attempting to be, and the person who I would put it most mo- most uh, recent history is uh, Lindsey Graham's candidacy in 2016. There was never a moment in which Lindsey Graham thought he was going to be president in <laughs> no. 2016. No, no. But he wanted to talk about his military issues on debate stages, and there wasn't really another candidate that took his sort of McCain-esque position on those issues. Right. So he was like, I'm just going to go up there and I'll make jokes and I'll get beat up by Trump every day, but I'm going to get my points out there. And I think that's kind of what Inslee's going to do here. Like he's going to come out and be the guy who, you know, like um, Elizabeth Warren will come out and say, I want to spend $9 trillion on climate change. And he'll be like, that's embarrassing. It's $50 trillion. 
Like, that's the person he's going to be. And that's, that's a fun, that's going to make it good for us. Because then Elizabeth Warren will say, okay, 30 trillion. You know, like, it, it's going to, it helped in, uh, Bernie Sanders did this to Hillary. Yeah. You know, Sanders is like, ah, f- you know, $15 minimum wage, $17 minimum wage, $20 minimum wage. And she's like, I don't know, thirteen fifty. And they're like, what a conservative. You, you're basically the Koch brothers over there. <laughs> like I, and that's good for us, I think. It is. Yeah. Yeah, because it'll make people who should be more moderate go further left. Yes. Um, so uh, as far as uh, the Hills list of other candidates, also Rand's Joe Kennedy, the third. No wow. shot. Uh, former mayor Julian Castro. He's basically said he's running. But again, I, I don't think there's a he was at he's one time no supposed to be the new Obama. Right. But he hasn't. Act, I mean, he he wound up going to H, uh, to HUD. Right. That's where he, he was in yeah. housing and urban development. Yes, he was for and a while. Like, mm-hmm. Is that a job you elevate to the presidency? Not on? usually. I think this is again only that it's never happened in the history of the nation. No, <laughs> but that doesn't mean it couldn't. It couldn't. Right. <laughs> uh, and again, the Beto thing is pretty rare. It's only <laughs> happened a couple of times when you go from con- from con- congressman to president. to president. It's not not yeah. common. Um, but with, especially lately. Yeah. It's been a long time since it's happened. Long time. Castro is seemingly, I mean, it certainly comes off as if he's playing for a VP possibility. And that is something, like, especially, like, let's say. And that's a possibility Elizabeth for Warren, him. right, were to win, or mm-hmm. a Klobuchar were to win. They, again, they will check a box with the other candidate. They are very much in let's that world. Let's see. I need a Hispanic. Right. Uh, Julian Castro. Exactly. Yeah, that's how it could work for him. Also, uh, somebody called uh, Pete Buttigieg. Ah, Pete. Yeah. Uh, the Pete. mayor of South Bend, mayor of South Bend Indiana. Indiana, right? Yeah, yeah, of course. yeah. You that's knew that. You knew that. That's what I was saying. Uh, I've been telling you about him where for a Notre while. Dame is located. That's yeah. how you know uh, mm-hmm. Pete Buttigieg, because mm-hmm. he he uh, is the mayor of, of the town in which Notre Dame resides. Right. Uh, he's actually his, again, in the Democratic primary, checking the boxes for whatever identity group you're in is always important. Mm-hmm. So here, uh, Pete is being talked about because, and now he's a veteran uh, uh, from, I believe it was Afghanistan, Okay, uh, but also openly gay. So you have to have oh. at least one, can- you have to have everybody, every group has to be represented in some way. And a veteran, openly gay veteran yes. is awesome for them. That, that's, that's, that's great. Kind of checks two boxes. Yeah, it does. Uh, so that's why, uh, and, and he's, he's 30, <laughs> let's see, 36 years old. Oh, wow. Um, and so, you know, in the Young. millennial sort of uh, mm-hmm. upper ends of the millennial world. And, uh, you know, so there's, there's a possibility here. He gets some buzz again. You can't imagine you go from mayor of South Bend, Indiana. No to offense to South Bend, Indiana, of the to President States. of the United States. You know, Hard go, to believe. I mean, Rudy Giuliani yeah. tried to do it from mayor of New York City, and it, and it and didn't blew work. up in his face. Like yeah. it's hard to go from mayor to president. Although L.A. Mayor uh, Eric Garcetti is also being talked about. Uh, Colorado Governor John Hickenlooper. Nobody with the name of Hickenlooper uh, will ever be. I can't even say it. It won't be president. <laughs> he just won't be president. Just based on his name. no one can say his name. Like, he could be the ultimate constitutionalist. I don't think matter. I could vote for it. No, you can't vote Imagine for Imagine if you had to write it in. Right. You'd just be writing O's and P's and not know where to stop. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Representative Eric Swalwell uh, from oh. California. Now, he's actually already running, but is making no impact. Is he, he, has he announced? He is basically announced. Uh, wow. If I'm, uh, exploratory committee or? I think exploratory. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah he. Uh, this is really early for a guy like him. Of course, it has to be because his name recognition is just not there. Nobody knows who he is. He kind of did it last year, <clears throat> too. He's not even like a this week type of thing. He was like, ah, you wow. know, mid 2017s, like I'm going to Iowa. And then, an- <laughs> or two, yeah. Another congressman uh, who I, I, don't, I don't really know, um, John Delaney. 
Yeah, he's you familiar with him. Yeah, another. Uh, um, he's, I believe he's a wealthy businessman type. Okay, um, but uh, he he has also basically admitted he's running. When you're in that category, because there's a, there's a certain type of congressman, like a Beto O'Rourke, or um, you know, even like this mayor from South Bend. There's some sort of buzz among Democratic activists to say he'd be great. Like, what if he's good? Let's let's talk to him. Mm-hmm. Like people like Swalwell and Delaney are like the only people saying that are them. Like, they're saying, I'd be great. I, they should talk about me. <laughs> right. So they kind of get out in front of it, and they go on MSNBC all the time. They say whatever the craziest thing they can come up with is to try to get attention from activists and try to create the buzz. Mm-hmm. It's like the idea of, like, a, a video that goes viral versus a, a company who says, we should make a viral video. Right? Like, Delaney right. and Swallow are trying right. to make their own viral video when yeah. it comes and to campaigns. And they're trying too hard. Yeah. Whereas a guy like Pete Buttigieg doesn't have to try too hard because he's got the LGBTQQIA2 plus uh, community behind him. How many Qs was that? Did I you say the appropriate? Okay. I, I think I said two. Yeah. So L- make sure. LGBTQQIA2 plus. Or quilt or bag quilt to bag. electric boogaloo. Yes. Which is the other way of, of talking about that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's uh, take a break here. Uh, 888-727-BECK is the phone number. It's Pat and Stu in for Glenn. Glenn Beck is back on Monday on the Glenn Beck program. Pat Gray and Stu for Glenn on the Glenn Beck program. You can uh, listen to my show immediately preceding uh, this show. On the Blaze Radio TV network. Also, uh, check it out on podcast anytime if you don't get up at 6 o'clock in the morning. It's available, uh, by the way, as part of your subscription uh, to uh, Blaze TV. Why don't you go to blazetv.com slash Beck, uh, or where I guess probably anything, slash anything. Yeah. Any, any host you want to, Pat, you probably have, everybody has a page, right? <clears throat> anyway, yeah. just go mm-hmm. there and sign up for it because you not only do you get uh, the show and Pat's show, the News and Why It Matters, which will both be on today as well, right? Uh, but uh, dozens of other shows, which, you know, that uh, formerly were on CRTV, if you were during the holidays and missed the fact that they, awesome. we merged, we've got mm-hmm. like 30 shows now. Like all the best conservative commentators are under uh, one umbrella and one membership cost, which is pretty awesome. And Chewing the Fat with Jeffy. Yes. Who uh, survived quite a rough patch last week. Yeah, this is an amazing uh, uh, moment because yeah. we have a health update about someone in the company that isn't Glenn. <laughs> it's amazing. I, I mean, usually That's we amazing. have 14 to 16 Glenn health, <laughs> urgent health updates every year for you. This year, it's an urgent. Been to the Jeffy emergency month. room fifty-four times <laughs> over the vacation. Uh, not not this time. No, this is scary, man. It, really scary and 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 really serious. Uh, last week, Jeffy had a heart attack on Friday morning. Um, I went to the hospital Friday afternoon. I'm just sitting in the chair uh, in his very very sexy uh, hospital gown. Oh yeah, I with, saw some pictures. It was, it was off the shoulder, mm-hmm. and uh, wow, yeah, Lacey? very becoming. Uh, no, no lace, but mm. he didn't need it. Mm. He didn't need it. <laughs> he actually was already sitting up in a chair, not in the bed. I, you know, I expected to go into the room and find him with wires coming out his nostrils and strapped to his chest, and really, he just had an IV in his arm, and and he was sitting up already cracking jokes it was it was amazing to yeah. see him uh that way i saw him a couple of days after uh, i was out of town when it happened and when i got back in i i, I saw him and honestly like he looked better than normal <laughs> he, <did. laughs> I mean, he does it he kind of looks on the <laughs> verge of death typically uh-huh. uh and uh-huh. when i saw him here he actually looked pretty good he's moving around he, he walks walking around the house like he's he's yeah. he's bounced back quite a bit and, and he's doing much he better but it was a close was- freaking call it, it seriously was. I mean, you don't want to, I mean, I don't want to diminish what happened to him because it was a fairly serious heart attack. It wasn't massive, they said, 
but it wasn't mild either. It oh, was 100% uh, blockage, though, right? In, 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 in one of his yeah. arteries and 50% in the other. So they had to go in and clean out one, put a stint in the other. And, um, and, but now he's doing great. Yeah. And if he's doing know, great. If you know Jeffy, first of all, uh, it was amazing because he was making jokes in the in the ambulance on the way to the hospital he was actually mm-hmm. joking about the incident that's how that's how deep it goes with jeffy uh but he and he showed me a picture have you seen this picture yet there's a picture yeah, of, of the emt put yeah the emts yeah. they're trying to wheel him in so on the stretcher <laughs> and he lives on a little hill and they, you know they're, they're running around and, and so the, there's like three people pushing the thing towards the this the mm-hmm. uh, the ambulance and two of them had to go do something, and then one guy realized he was the only one holding Jeffy on this thing on a hill. And <laughs> we've got to tweet this out. He is taking. He looks like he's pushing back, like you know, like the wall of of a hole. Like you know, it looks like he looks like in Star Wars, where in the trash compactor, and they're trying to hold the wall back. <laughs> <laughs> this poor guy. Well, you've got you've got one little guy trying to hold on to a you know a three hundred pound man. Mm-hmm ish ish 300 ish i know so it's and and it so yeah he's it looks like it's about to run him over uh the gurney <laughs> that jeffy's on is about but fortunately that didn't happen but it would have been just jeffy's luck to be uh to run over the guy and then head down the hill on a gurney by himself after just having a heart attack mm-hmm. yes that would be typical jeffy <sighs> Uh, so uh, maybe we can get Jeffy on the phone later and talk to him about. It. I'd love to see yeah, how, how we'll he's have doing. To do that. Uh, it, it was. It was. I will say this. It was freaking scary. And there's there's something about like, yeah. hey, you're you know, do you know your grand? My, my dad had died of a heart attack, um, and you know that was horrible enough. You know, like hearing someone mm-hmm. you work with or like their it, their father just died of a heart attack. That's scary. Like Jeffy's just like us. Like he is. Yeah. Like you know, beyond the fact of how much you know, it's it really puts things in perspective because he's just like you know, he's our guy. You know, mm-hmm. he's he's been with us for a million years, and that was uh, it was that was a real tough thing to take. Real tough really thing was. to take. So yeah, luckily, he's scary. doing much better. Yeah. Triple eight seven twenty seven. Beck is the number. Back in a sec. The fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck program. It's Pat and Stu for Glenn on the Glenn Beck Program, 727-BECK. Uh, coming up this hour, uh, we've got some amazing audio from Louis C.K. that the left is going crazy over. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll share that with you. Of course. This is like one of those things where they, you know, now he's he's crossed some lines he's not allowed to cross. It has nothing to do with his controversy with the sexual harassment. It has to do with him... You know, going after some left-wing issues, and now when that happens, of course, he's got to be extradited from society. Yeah, he's completely off off limits now, and now it's now it's he's out of bounds, and he should be silenced. Should be silenced. We also have some great climate change stuff coming up from Bernie Sanders. Some stuff from uh, Alexandria Casio Cortez as well. She's genius. She she might be a genius. She might be. Yeah, she might be a genius. They both might be. Honestly, (laughs) we'll get into that and so much more coming back. We're back in sixty seconds here on the Glenn Beck program. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Let's talk about something real here. You can put off a lot of things in life. You don't have to join a gym. You can clean your gutters, but usually they will rot off your house. But here's another thing you shouldn't put off, and that is getting home security. It's your home. It's your family. It's your stuff. You want to protect it, but there's always something holding you back. And most likely, it's the idea of paying an awful lot of money or paying a middleman and being indebted forever. It also could be the fact that they want you to schedule a six-hour installation window. You don't have time for that. Simply Safe Home Security has gotten rid of 
of all of those reasons not to get home security. And I'm about to tell you how to save a ton, too. These guys are really great. They don't have any contracts. There's no wiring. There's no markup. There's no installation windows. Just professional quality home security with 24-hour professional monitoring. Now you can save hundreds on Simply Safe with their extended holiday sale. Just go to simplysafebeck.com to get this great offer at simplysafebeck.com. Save on home protection today, but hurry, the holiday sale ends January 8th. That's simplysafebeck.com. And it's Pat and Stu for Glenn on the Glenn Beck program, 888-727-BECK, the phone number. Uh, Louis C.K. is um, under fire right now because he said some things in a comedic way that the left doesn't really like. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. Um, and You know, and comedy way- has to be completely... Uh, politically correct and safe for and everyone safe. everyone has to leave feeling good yes thank you <laughs> there was that uh, you. you can't offend anybody a comedian who had a gig booked at a college towards the end of the year last year and he got his you know his thing he had to sign to, to perform and get his money and it was like you have to make sure that you uh, you know can make sure and, and confirm that everyone will have a good happy healthy experience and they won't be offended <laughs> and it's like i'm a comedian you be kidding me yeah oh yeah and it was in print <clears throat> did he say, sign it or did he? No, I think he said no. He wasn't going to sign it. I mean, he, he wasn't like a big known guy, but he, you know, he, he can't. The whole point it's of comedy is to man. push you into an uncomfortable place. It's right? unbelievable. A lot of times, it helps you examine uh, a a viewpoint that you have that you know it makes you uncomfortable, mm-hmm. right? Like mm-hmm. you go to a place that you're not necessarily going to go in a normal circumstance, and that's not the, the job of comedy. Number one is to make you laugh, and that is gone from every late night show now. Um, all, you know, now it's just trying to get, you know, tr- Trump applause lines. Clapter, as Glenn calls it. It's no longer laughter. It's clapter. You're just going for that. Oh, oh, oh yes, he said that thing I heard on a blog. <laughs> like, that's the whole, you know, level of comedy now. Uh-huh. And, you know, I, I, I guess that's Especially something. Especially for Saturday Night Live. It, that's what mm-hmm. it's become. They don't even try. They're not even no. trying for actual jokes anymore. They're just making points. We, we played the thing. I think you were on the show that day, Pat, where we did. Uh, the, the thing they did with Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, it was just praising Ruth Bader Ginsburg in a song for, for in a rap for like four minutes. Ridiculous. And there weren't any jokes in it other than it was just a rap about Ruth Bader Ginsburg, which generally speaking is a funny concept. It was just saying how great she is for four minutes. Like, that's not, <laughs> what is that? So Louis It's C- ridiculous. Yeah. And now Louis C.K. has always <laughs> gone to the most uncomfortable place possible. It is his style of comedy. Mm-hmm. If you've never heard Louis C.K. do comedy before, this is what he does. And he goes to the darkest place in the recesses of your mind and exploits it and makes it into this big deal and takes it to ridiculous extremes. But it is a thing, you know, like you're going to a place where uh, you wouldn't normally go. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's been in trouble for this before. And now the left is all fired up because, oh, this guy's basically an alt-writer. He's basically alt-right. He might as well be on Donald Trump's campaign team. Listen to this guy. <laughs> and and it's not okay now because, uh, you know, they can now go after him. He was this protected celebrity. He was, you know, the hierarchy of all comedy. He was the guy they praise as the most brilliant comedian there was. And now... He had his sexual harassment thing that went on, and he's trying to be a com- comeback. And now it's easy to throw, you know, they're, they're trying to pressure him into being a crazy leftist. If he was coming out and being a crazy leftist right now, they would not be criticizing him for making a comeback. But because he's doing the same stuff he was mm-hmm. doing before, and some of that stuff hits on the right and some of it hits on the left, 
uh, he is now uh, he's getting hammered not only by just liberals, but like his old friends who are comedians. They're all coming out and saying like, you know, his old his people who he who used him for their fame are now uh, coming up and just hammering him in in a, in a moment where let's be honest about it. He doesn't need more hammering. I mean, he's been hammered. He's had a tough year. Uh, and and, his, and, his, and he said he's made mistakes and he's admitted to that. Um, but so we have the audio from this. Should we go through this a little bit? Yeah. So the two things you're going to hear. First of all, gonna be, he's made fun of Parkland kids. Now, he never says any. He never mentions Parkland kids, but you'll hear where he goes with that. And also, he crosses lines for the left that you're not allowed to cross anymore. You're not even allowed mm-hmm. to even be mildly critical or ask questions or anything about these topics anymore. And especially with these kids who are in the political arena now. They're in the political arena. And I guess they're still sacred cows. You can't say anything about them. It's amazing. It really something. So here it is. Uh, this is obviously, it's Louis C.K. It's, you know, it's stand-up club comedy. So it's a little rough as far as uh, content goes. Obviously, it's all bleeped out. But just in case you're with your little kids, you might not want to listen to this. Uh, here is Louis C.K. making fun of Parkland kids. But I'm a little disappointed in the younger generation, honestly. Because I'm 51 years old. And when I was like 18 to my 20s, I mean, we were idiots. We were getting high, doing mushrooms and And then older people were like, you got to get your together. And we were like, yeah, you. And I was kind of excited to be in my 50s and see people in their 20s and be like, they're crazy. These kids are nuts, but they're not. They're mean. They're just boring. Tell them you shouldn't say that. What the? What are you, an old lady? What the? <laughs> are you doing? Mm, that's not appropriate. <laughs> you, you're a child. Why are you <laughs> each other and doing jello shots? Like, why aren't you? Why? That crowd loves it. You should address me. They're like royalty. They tell you what to call them. Mm-hmm. You should address me as they them. <laughs> Because I identify as gender neutral. Oh, okay. Okay. Can't say this stuff. You should address me as there. Because I identify as a location. <laughs> and the location is your mother's. Right, okay. <laughs> it doesn't have to be that nasty. But it can be. They testified in front of Congress, these kids. What are you doing? You're young. You should be crazy. You should be unhinged. Not in a suit saying, I'm here to tell you. Not interesting. Because you went to a high school where kids got shot. Why does that mean I have to listen to you? Why does that make you interesting? You didn't get shot. You pushed some fat kids away. I'm going to listen to you talking. Man, now first of all, mm. you you can you can you can do we can play all the political games that that is brilliant stuff. Yeah, it's he's very funny. freaking funny. It's he's very just funny. as funny as he's always been. Uh, and uh, you know you're not allowed. Oh, but the left is now. Oh, he was never funny, and he's not yeah. funny now. He's he's mocking Parkland okay. kids. No, he's not. He's 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 saying like, look, you know. This is something everybody thinks, right? Yes. Like, yes, we all understand they went through a tragic circumstance, but that does not make them experts on gun violence. We right. all know that that's true. Everybody yes, in America true. knows that that's true. And, and we they proved it over and over again. It, right? Yeah. And, and so he's making a joke there and illustrating it to a ridiculous extreme. Yep. Right? Um, but everybody knows there's a there's a nugget of that that is true. 
And this it's is, also true that when you jump into the political fray, yeah. you've opened yourself up to criticism. And for some reason, that doesn't apply to them. Well, I'm sorry, it does. Mm-hmm. It does. If they're going to start preaching gun control, they've opened themselves up to things like this. And, and I think, you know, their points have to be able to be debated. You have to. Can't, you can't have a person in society who right. has an unquestioned... This is one of the issues when you talk about... When they try to go to this level of like... Um, well, all scientists are always right about everything, so therefore we listen to everything they say. Now, look, scientists are right about a lot, mm-hmm. you know, and they're I, also wrong a lot, and they're, they're sometimes they're wrong, right? And if they there ha, there can't be someone with this deity like uh, uh, place in our society where everything they say is automatically true and respected, mm-hmm. right? You, your right. points always have to have an ability to be criticized. Now, if you're taking shots at you know. Uh, at um, kids who are in school shootings because they're bad. You're, you're taking ad hominem sort of attacks. That's a totally different, uh, you know, world. And I don't think that's the right world, right? No, mm-hmm. one, no one thinks that that's the right thing to do. But you have to be able to criticize their points. And I think there, there's also an idea to criticize their standing. It's fair. It is fair to say, look, they may have valid points, but ma- them making them, it does not give it any more validity. It does not make it more true that uh, you can't like having a Second Amendment, I believe, is a really good thing. And the left believes is a really bad thing because someone went to a school where people were shot does not make either one of those sides more right or wrong. It's just an emotional tie into that argument that's been raging since 1775. You know, it's, it's, it's a long time people have been talking about this. And you don't, just because you have an emotional tie, this is why this is what the left has, tries to do after every shooting. Make it as emotional as possible so people forget the sober arguments for guns. Hey, forget it for a couple of weeks while we pass this. Then you can go back to thinking whatever you want. And that was the problem that I think a lot of people had. But again, Louis C.K. is just talking about something that's very obvious. And this has been, very specifically, uh, what he's tried to do with this comedy for a long time. When we come back here in 60 seconds... We're going to talk. We're going to let. We're going to let him explain to you exactly how he comes up with this comedy, and this should not be controversial. And this is the way comedy should work. It shouldn't be a controversial point. And we'll give you that. And what he used to say, which was completely okay with the left, when he was asking tough questions, and it didn't go after their sacred cows. They were completely loved this guy. We're back with that in sixty seconds. This is the Glenn Beck program. Are you tired of chair mats that dent or crack, and the corners curl up? Is it time to update your office? If so, you need a glass chair mat by Vitraza. I'm George Pardo, president of Vitraza. We've been supplying high-quality, American-made glass chair mats for over a decade. They're made of super strong glass, strong enough to hold a 1,000 pounds and never dent. And now every mat gets a forever warranty. Plus, they're protected with Invisible Shield Pro 15, a nanotech coating to resist fine scratches. So you'll glide on a smooth glass chair mat, and they're beautiful. Want to know how to get one? We sell direct at Vitraza.com. That's V as in Victor, I-T-R-A-Z-Z-A.com. We'll ship free to your home or office and save 10% when you enter my name, George. Here's our website again, V-I-T-R-A-Z-Z-A.com. And remember, save 10% with code George, Vitraza.com.
Ray and uh, Stuber here for Glenn. Triple eight seven two seven B E C K. By the way, you can hear my show right before this show, mm. six to eight on the Blaze Radio and TV network, uh, or anytime uh, on demand, uh, wherever podcasts are sold for free. <laughs> and they're very inexpensive. At those very places. inexpensive. Uh, we're talking about Louis C K. He's uh, under fire from the left uh, for his you know his commentary. Really, I think you know the Parkland thing. I think is a, is a is a ruse. I mean, what they were upset about is him making fun of the gender stuff. I think more than anything else. Uh, yes. Um, and so, but here, here is Louis C.K. in a previous special talking about basically exactly how he comes up with the stuff he talks about, how he finds those dark areas. Here is, uh, here's Louis C.K. explaining himself. This is uh, clip one. Everybody has a competition in their brain of good thoughts and bad thoughts. Hopefully they win, the good thoughts win. For me, I always have both. I have like the thing I believe, the good thing. That's the thing I believe. And then there's this thing. And I don't believe it, but it is there. It's always this thing and then this thing. It's become a category in my brain that I call, of course, but maybe. <laughs> That's it, right? That's everybody uh-huh. has that, right? Yeah. You know, you believe something, but then there's that little thing that it, it you know, maybe around the edges comes after you he listen to louis ck now remember this is a time in which the left loves him he's honored respected this when this special is going on he's at the peak of his career okay Mm -hmm. everything he says is gold everyone loves the guy here's him going after the military now before i play this clip everybody in our audience obviously loves the military uh and i love the military but again listen to his setup there there's something he believes he knows is true and there's something kind of there. And remember, it's his job to exploit these, the darkest corners, right? That people don't Which is look. just kind of what he said. Right. Yeah. This is comedy. This is what you're right. supposed to do. Here's clip two. Of course, if you're fighting for your country and you get shot or hurt, it's a terrible tragedy. Of course. Of course. <laughs> but maybe... Maybe if you pick up a gun and go to another country and you get shot, it's not that weird. (laughs) Maybe if you get shot by the dude you were just shooting at, it's a tiny bit your fault. (laughs) Like, you're not allowed to say that. No. Right? But the left loved him. Oh, they loved that. When he was saying that. Yep. Oh, and he was going down those roads. He was America's biggest hero. Mm -hmm. He could say that all he wants. And look. He should be allowed to go down even that road. As offensive as it probably is to you to think about that and bring that mm-hmm. up in public. Because it, it's really uncomfortable and offensive to hear that about veterans. Right. Uh, however, right? However. It's a, that is his job. Yeah. And it is the, it's the way he looks at the world. And he, as he said, he doesn't believe it. And when he was saying that stuff, we weren't saying, hey, Louis C.K. should be silenced. Right. He shouldn't be allowed to speak. No. He shouldn't appear on specials. We shouldn't have any access to Louis C.K.'s disgusting viewpoints. Nobody was saying that, all right? Nobody. Nobody. And there's so few comedians. I, I, if I were a comedian uh, right now in the middle of this environment, I don't think I'd be able to deal with the left at all. Oh, I might still believe in socialist policies and all the things mm-hmm. that, like you know, that every comedian seems to believe in, like yeah. every entertainer does. But like, how could you take them seriously? I don't they know. are targeting you. They're destroying your industry because, as he, as Louis C.K. pointed out, it is this idea. They're almost royalty. They they get to tell you what you say. They get to tell you how you address them. They get to tell mm-hmm. you what opinions are acceptable for you to have as a comedian. How the hell can you stand up for that? And you know, 
if you mention any of that, as Jerry Seinfeld has, yeah. then they come after you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's ha- uh, it's right. happening. It's right happening right now. now. Where's the, we have the, uh, I have a story. There's a new list out. The 13 jokes that are no longer acceptable from Seinfeld. Oh, jeez. My gosh. Oh, here it is. From the show? From the show. Or from his stand-up comedy? From the show. Okay. 13 jokes Seinfeld are now super offensive. Number one, the soup Nazi. No longer allowed to like the soup Nazi anymore. Um, Number Uh, two. Why? Do they explain why? What might be uh, the most well-known joke from Seinfeld is also one of the most disappointing ones. Maybe in 1995, when the episode titled The Soup Nazi aired, it felt okay for viewers. But in 2018, when groups of neo-Nazis have become noticeably emboldened, using the term Nazi to label someone as a joke doesn't sit so well anymore. (laughs) These are people telling us what comedy is supposed to be. That's unreal. Number two, the Indian giver joke. Joking about a Native American person being an Indian giver was never okay, and it's definitely not okay now. Joking that a racial stereotype about an oppressed group is actually truthful and is at a dangerous road, is, and Seinfeld probably couldn't get away with doing that in 2018. Who are these people? Who lives like this? Also, I, I might be wrong on this, but the term Indian giver, it's not more a slam on the U.S. government who used to give them land all the time and then take it back. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> Isn't that more a slam on the U.S. government than it is the actual Indians? I never thought about uh, it. I just, I got to think that maybe. <laughs> that makes sense, though. It does, doesn't it? You're it doesn't. an Indian giver, so you gave it to the Indians and then you took it away. Right. <laughs> Just the whole definition of that of that phrase. They should be on board with this one. It's criticizing the U.S. government. Right. I like that. Um, Kramer stomping on a burning Puerto Rican flag. This episode actually caused a controversy when it aired. And the New York Times reported that the president of the National Puerto Rico uh, Rican Coalition called it an unconscionable insult. It's unacceptable that the Puerto Rican flag be used by Seinfeld as a stage prop under any circumstances. Over 20 years later, the joke is still sour. Wow. Uh, the joke that someone thinks Jerry and George are in a same-sex relationship. Can't, guess, can't joke about that anymore. When Kramer has house guests from Japan sleep in his dresser drawers. <laughs> I can't joke about uh, that I don't anymore. remember that episode. I don't really either. When Jerry accidentally gets a man deported. Oh, that's wrong. You can't oh, talk no. about that. Um, Cedric and Bob appeared in three episodes, including a Puerto Rican Day episode. Each episode they appear, the two characters who make up a gay couple play up stereotypes with, uh, with homosexual male culture. Oh, my gosh, you can't do that. Again, I mean, you know, uh, what was the show, uh, Will and Grace? I mean, Will and Grace was put on the air initially. It's, it's, it's seen as this big, like, boundary-breaking show. It's about gay uh, issues, and it's one of the only issues, stories that have been like that. Will and Grace largely was an issue uh, where they, they created a show in which they could make a ridiculous gay stereotype and make as many gay jokes as they wanted with protection. I swear to you, the, the, the ridiculous stereotypes in that show are way worse than any other show I've ever seen. Yes, they have one uh, quote-unquote normal guy who's gay. But then they just throw in another guy who does every horrible stereotype that has ever been used against gay people. Right, and that was praised. Well, Joe Biden said... Will and Grace probably did more to educate the American public than almost anything anybody's ever done. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't wait for him to run. So, I can't oh, wait for it. It's ridiculous. It is. Uh, we'll get back into this. Uh, love to hear your thoughts as well. Are you okay with dealing with a little controversy in your comedy? Is that okay? Can we deal with that as adults? I don't even know anymore. It's Pat and Stu. On the Glenn Beck program. Pat and Stu for Glenn on the Glenn Beck program, 888 727 BECK. Talking about uh, 
uh, political correctness and how crazy it's gotten to the point where you can't do comedy anymore. Unless you're uh, SNL and the comedy you do is bashing Trump, then then it's fine. You can do that. You can pretty much say whatever you want in that realm. Yes. And, uh, you know, you can call for his death. You can you can do a skit where he's assassinated. You can do any of those things uh, if it's against somebody on the right. Otherwise, forget it. I guess the the only things that are safe to make fun of now are white men, old white men, uh, and old white men who are Christian. That's about it. Yeah, it really, it's strange. It's strange. I mean, listen to this. They had, uh, we went over Louis C.K. He's, he's under fire for being controversial. Then we have signed. They're going after Seinfeld now. There, there's a list of things from the Seinfeld episodes. Things like um, the Chinese woman, uh, the episode, the Chinese woman. If I like their race, how can that be racist? Jerry asks after telling Elaine that he loves Chinese women. Hopefully the issues that in that exchange don't require further explanation for anyone in 2018. No, actually they do. I don't right. really get it. Right. You, you're saying you like it. I thought it was if you don't like a specific race because of that race, then right. that's a problem. Like, remember when all, it's, it's like crazy. Remember what all we used to hear is like, you have to respect people's sexual preference. So he has a sexual preference for Chinese women. Okay. okay. He happens to like Chinese women. Yeah. That's not okay. That preference isn't okay. <laughs> we can't even can't talk about it. Uh, again, huh. like, these are things that are basic and should not be controversial. At the same time that we're getting rid of Seinfeld, we're getting rid of Louis C.K., we have this. Netflix has dropped an episode from a show called Patriot Act starring Hassan Minhaj. I know you're a huge fan, Pat. I just, huge, sorry huge if I butchered fan. that yeah, name. Yeah. Um, but I know you've been to all those uh, <laughs> things that he does. Um, and I, he did a an episode. I've got was, a Hassan Minaj uh, library at home with all of his works. Really? Yeah. It's yeah. <laughs> that, that, <laughs> it's is that just an entire in section in, in behind that library there. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's uh-huh. very nice. Very nice. Fan. Yeah. That's a, that's probably the nicest room in your house. Well, I'm a big fan. I was wondering what was in there. Mm-hmm. Thousands and thousands of volumes <laughs> of what he does which are great. I can't get um, enough of us on. No, I, I really can't. You can't. But so you knew this, but let me inform the audience. Okay. He did an episode um, that he was critical of the Saudi Arabian regime over the Jamal Khashoggi incident. And Netflix. Wait, I thought that was supposed to be. I thought you were supposed to be critical of the Saudis uh, because of the Khashoggi thing. Right. I mean, if you're if you're on the left, that's of course. What you, and yes. I, I think there's a very good argument to be critical of the Saudis. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it kind of is. <laughs> I mean, we all are critical, but I know what you're saying. Like, he's been mm-hmm. lionized into this, uh, you know, freedom fighter of all time. Exactly. And he had all sorts of issues. And by the and way... Trump wasn't critical enough. And he, Trump wasn't critical enough. By the way, I will give the Washington Post some credit afterwards, after the, he was writing columns for them and after he died, they kind of went into his history about who he was getting like approval for uh, with some of his columns. And it was like straight out of the really? government of Qatar. And like he had all these like very strange connections in the Middle oh, East, and they wow. actually exposed some of that themselves, which uh, you give him some credit for. Because honestly, like you weren't mm-hmm. allowed to say anything critical about the guy. And I don't, you know, who know? I don't want to be critical over the guy after he's died, but it is important to put who he is in perspective and understand where he's coming from. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, they were critical of Saudi Arabia on the show. The Saudi government went to Netflix and said, "Take that episode down," and they did. So the Saudi government is unbelievable is now enforcing dictating to American companies what they can do and not do. I would be screw you if you want to have Netflix available in your country. Fine, bye bye. You're not taking episodes off of my service. Are you nuts? That's uh, that's amazing. That is incredible, and that's where we are. 
But that is where we are with this. And, and I think you should have an incredibly wide latitude of what you accept, particularly when it comes to comedy. Mm-hmm. I mean, all forms of art, right? Like, I think mm-hmm. that's all, you know, it's, it's all fair game. But I mean, c- comedy is the most important to me. And that, that's why satire is specifically excluded in things like libel. Mm-hmm. Copyright. Uh, and yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, you can, you know, the, the the Weird Al thing has been around for a million years, right? And and people are like, well, how can he... He always asks permission. Yeah, he right? does. And so he'll go to an artist and say, hey, I want to do a parody of your song, and here's what it is. Can I use it? And 99% of the time, they say yes. Every once in a while, they say no. Um, and... And I think he respects that, he? respects it. He he may... I don't think he has to. He doesn't. But he does. And that's the thing. He doesn't. When it comes to satire and parody, he doesn't have to respect it. Now, he's going to deal with legal issues if they sue, but he'll win. But, you know, still, no one wants to get sued. So Mm -hmm. uh, that's part of it. And I think he also has respect for the artists. If they don't want to be part of his little games, then they don't have to be. But, But, I mean, still, like, that's very well protected. And it's smart. It should be. That has to be protected. And we should all... All in, this happens occasionally with conservatives where someone will say something crazy on the left and we all get all fired up and it's our outrage of the day. It shouldn't be. We should we should every single time let it roll. Mm-hmm. Who cares if, if liberal comedians want to make dumb jokes about conservatives, no matter how mean and awful they are, we should all be adult enough to deal with it and move on. There used to be uh, an expression uh, that was widely accepted and now it's completely irrelevant and it went like Sticks and stones can break my bones, <laughs> mm-hmm. but names will never hurt me. We are completely the opposite of that. Yeah. Now. Completely the opposite. And that is what Louis C.K. brought up. Yeah. You know, the idea that people get to dictate to you what you call them. And if you don't call them the right thing, you lose your job. You you can. I mean, people have lost their job because they refuse to change the pronoun based on what the person wants. Now, you right before nice, vacation, we had yeah. we had the story of a teacher who uh, lost her job because she refused to call a trans student that she knew is a I don't know it went one way or the other. I don't remember which, mm-hmm. but she knew is the other gender the last year and now wanted to be called by another gender. And so she she went with the new name. She would call this person the new name. But wouldn't call her her. And that that means she loses her job. And she lost her job because of it. I don't want to say she. It could be. It it could be whoever it was lost their job. Yes. That is an insane thing. It's crazy. Right? Like that is not. In a a country that supposedly prioritizes free speech kind of above a lot of the other amendments. I don't know if anyone's noticed that Mm -hmm. it's it's number one. Uh, In a country Mm -hmm. that does that. The idea that someone can dictate to you what you say is an incredible, incredible, incredible encroachment on our rights. I mean, think about um, and, and right now it's not like a legal standard per se, although in some, I mean, when you're talking about a, a public school, it kind of is. Mm-hmm. But I mean, like we went through this just recently in the Supreme Court where California passed a law requiring religious institutions to post uh, um, information Telling people when they came in that they could get abortions somewhere else. Like that. Wow. That is insane. Now, luckily, the Supreme Court, uh, you know, knocked that down. But we're one vote away from that not being knocked down. Um, And it's uh, and I don't actually I don't remember the exact count in that particular case. But we know how, how on the verge we are on all of this stuff. It's really crazy. And and Louis C.K. has been doing this stuff for a while. And the left used to love it. Even when he went into areas that were uncomfortable, like for abortion, for example. Now, Louis C.K. did a rant on abortion that when he did it, I, I couldn't believe I couldn't believe it happened. 
because this you're not supposed to say these things. Right. But he was still okay. He was still okay when he crossed even this line. People hate abortion protesters. This. Oops. We lose the audio. Yeah. It just. It just stopped. <laughs> it just stopped. And re- decided to reboot. The machine just rebooted. <laughs> All right, let's let's go a different one then. Let's <laughs> okay. we'll come back to the abortion one. Let's do slavery. Now, here's another one of these examples where he goes in the most uncomfortable area possible and uh, tries to find the thing in the dark corner that you're not supposed to talk about and exploit it for comedy. Remember, this is his job. Yes, he's talking about these issues, but he's trying to make people laugh, putting people in an impossibly uncomfortable position. Let him talk to you about slavery for a moment. Of course, of course, slavery is the worst thing that ever happened. Of course it is. Every time it's happened, black people in America, Jews in Egypt, every time a whole race of people has been enslaved, it's a terrible, horrible thing. Of course. But maybe, maybe every incredible human achievement in history was done with slaves. Every single thing where you go, how did they build those pyramids? They just threw human death and suffering at them until they were finished. (laughs) How did we traverse the nation with a railroad so quickly? We just threw Chinese people in caves and blew them up and didn't give a what happened to them. There's no end to what you can do when you don't give a about particular people. You can do anything. (laughs) So is he saying slavery is good? Is that what he's saying? He, he sounds like an alt writer. This is this is long before this current controversy, by the way. Wow. Uh, and and you notice too, by the way. Again, there's always been a part of I think Louis C.K. that is not the crazy liberal activist. That is, I think, really part of him. Mm-hmm. You, you hear it in there a little bit when he mentions slavery, but also brings up Jews and brings up Chinese people, and brings up all the other people who have been enslaved. It's not just a story about whether you should give more money to al sharpton that's not the story of slavery the story of slavery is a human condition that is that is a horrific thing that has uh, infested way too many societies not it's not just a how do i exploit votes out of uh black voters today in america that's not the whole story and he points that out do you have the abortion one or should we uh, I, you know I, I pushed the button again and it reset again so we'll probably <laughs> <laughs> don't, they don't, just they don't want us to play they're that silencing clip. him they're silencing Louis right, ck right. even here it's amazing yeah all right uh let's take a break triple eight seven twenty seven beck is the uh phone number it's patents too in for glenn on the glenn beck program it's patents too for glenn on the glenn beck program glenn's back on monday triple eight seven two seven B-E-C-K. Um, sad news for uh, people living in Humboldt County, Cal- California. The organizers for the Women's March that was going to happen there, mm-hmm. uh, they announced on Friday it's been it's been canceled due to whiteness. <laughs> canceled due to whiteness. Uh, a lot of, lot of white people had signed up to participate. And, uh, well, you can't have that. They it's just, embarrassing. They just couldn't find enough black anti-Semites to fill the, <laughs> unfortunately. No, they couldn't. They wow. couldn't do it. That's sad. So there were, I guess, not enough blacks and Hispanics uh, for their liking. So they said they're still interested in holding an event in March on International Women's Day. Mm-hmm. Um, but they did have to cancel this one due to, and this is a quote, overwhelmingly white participants <laughs> i love that what so I, it's interesting too because this is essentially an implicit criticism 
of black people and Hispanics, right? It's not like they said, we don't allow blacks and Hispanics to come to this rally, right? It's right. for whatever reason, blacks and Hispanics didn't, didn't want to come to the rally. They didn't feel like it. They didn't feel like it for whatever reason. That would seem to be an indictment on minorities, wouldn't right? it? From their perspective, right? Like, yes. Wait, why aren't, the, why aren't the black and Hispanic voters or, you know, uh, you know people and, and, you know, they don't even have to be voters, but just people. Why aren't they showing up to our stupid little rally? It's almost like they don't care about this issue. In a way, it's critical of them. Right, plenty of <laughs> yes. white people showed. Yeah, white people showed. I assume even men showed to the women's rally, but but not, not enough. Bl- not enough black people. Uh, the Census Bureau data from from this county says seventy four percent are white, twelve percent Hispanic, six percent Native American, two percent Asian, and one percent black. So. If you didn't have at least those percentages going, I guess the rally's not worth doing. They couldn't get one percent black to show <laughs> for the rally. Apparently not. I, well, and and the thing is, of course, there's no actual answer here. You, you, if you had thirteen percent Hispanic and one percent black for all that diversity, but six percent Native American, it will never be enough. No, it's you know, not. I mean, seventy four percent of this county is white. It's a, that's about the percentage of the United States in general. Um, you know, the NFL is called racist and 75% of the league is black. Yes. And that's not, black. And that, that's not, that's still racist. Uh, f- especially for like LeBron James, who doesn't, oh, yeah. he's not even in the NFL. No, right. And yet he's calling out the NFL for being, uh, the white owners have a slave mentality. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad after all my LeBron dislike over all of these years that so many people are now seeing the Oh, I'm right there way. with oh, you now. Okay. I'm right. I just can't stand this guy. Every time he opens his mouth, you see how ridiculous he is. He really is ridiculous. I, seriously, these men that are making, you know, anywhere from two million to twenty-five or thirty million a year, mm-hmm. you have the audacity to call them to call those owners who are paying them that money. They have a slave mentality. Unreal. Maybe you need to look up what a slave is, because by definition, they don't make any money for playing these games. Uh, plus, they're not forced into playing these games. Right. There's a lot of problems. The only with it. difference is all the things is everything. Yeah, yeah all, but <laughs> every it's just that possibility. <laughs> um, and it, it, wow. you know, there's never. That's an amazing thing, though. First of all, look. What was what's the what is the problem with racism? Right. The problem with racism is you're taking a group of people and you're identifying them in a. You're grouping them all together, right? Mm-hmm. And you are um, uh, disliking them for whatever reason. You're or saying assigning a, bad thing a about tendency them. to all of them yeah. just based on their skin color. Exactly. Tell me how this women's march thing isn't racist. They're they're first of all identifying people based on race and making decisions based on skin color, which is mm-hmm. never a good idea. Never mm-hmm. make a decision based on skin color. Easy rule to live by. It's a freaking easy one to live by. I think so. Never ever do it. Period. That doesn't. That means not giving them all sorts of perks above and beyond other colors, like saying, "Oh, black people get more than Hispanics." It's not doing that either. And it's saying, "Hey, black people get less than Hispanics." It's not doing that either. It's neither. You never make a decision based on skin color or race. Really easy. But here they're saying, "Hey, not enough black people came." So number one, they're making a, dis- uh, a decision based on race. Number two, what they're implicitly saying, because they believe their organization is good, is they're saying the people who aren't coming are bad. <laughs> it's, how is it not implicitly racist? The fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenbeck Program. Today with Pat and Stu... 
Uh, Glenn returns on Monday. 888-727-BECK. We've got some important information on the climate to share with you coming up here. Um, it's critical. Well, it's critical it, that you know this. It is. Bernie Sanders, as he has a way of doing, is putting things in perspective. Uh, we need to know this as, as Americans. Um, and we also have a new uh, discovery from scientists, which is pretty interesting. Pretty interesting. I didn't know this, and uh, you may not have either, but you will you will very, very soon. Did you hear, by the way, too, Chuck Todd did a show about the climate, and they, they no longer are even allowing the other side. They're now like, nope, no, we're not. We're acknowledging up front. We're not even going to tell you what the other side is. Anymore. And did he did he acknowledge and, that up front? Yeah, he said it up front. We're, like, really? We're not even going to be, no, we, we no longer give voice to these, these deniers. That's basically the way they put it. Uh, it's an amazing world we live in. Wow. Again, this is NBC is News. Is it ever? Right? Uh, so that's all coming up here in just a second. We're going to pause for 60 seconds and get right into it. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Every two seconds, there is a new victim of identity theft, which means a criminal could be spending your money or applying for loans in your name or even damaging your credit, the good credit you've worked so hard to build. Unfortunately, you might miss certain threats to your identity just by checking bank statements or monitoring your credit. But there's a good thing here. It's called LifeLock Identity Theft Protection. LifeLock uses technology that they came up with and own, and it detects and alerts you to a wide range of identity threats, like your social security number for sale on the dark web. And if you do have an issue involving any kind of identity theft, one of LifeLock's identity restoration specialists are going to work to fix it. That's worth the price of admission every time. Now, nobody can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses, but with LifeLock, you get identity theft protection and additional features to help protect your devices against cyber threats for as low as $9.99 a month. Don't waste another second. Visit LifeLock.com. Use the promo code BECK to save an extra 10%. It's LifeLock.com, promo code BECK. Pat and Stuper Glenn on the Glenn Beck program. You know, if, if climate change isn't your number one issue, protecting the, the planet from mankind, uh, then you should almost be locked away. Well, Maybe even not not almost. You should be locked away. And and of course, you saying that, Pat, mm-hmm. makes you a denier because you're not going far enough. Okay, <laughs> I want you to know that, that because was, I I hedged on whether or not you should be locked away. Well, there was now, a, there was a time in which locking away people was probably was okay. enough. It was appropriate, you know? but not now. We need to go much further than okay. that now. <laughs> All right. Um, and Bernie Sanders is outlining a kind of a a great way to approach the climate. I think <laughs> this is. I mean, there's so many ways to go on it. Let me just give you the the uh, the tweet. Bernie Sanders says, quote, we must look at climate change as if it were a devastating military attack against the United States and the entire planet. And we must respond accordingly. Now, mm. let's start taking it at the base level here first. Mm-hmm. If a, a military force committed a devastating attack against the United States, the first thing we would do was try to kill the people responsible for it. Yes. Right. Okay. In yes. Every in the United States entire history. Now, this is not a questionable attack to, to to Bernie. Right. This is not like okay. Well, I don't know how to handle this. This is like Hitler comes in with bombers, right, and like starts bombing cities. A devastating mm-hmm. military attack from a foreign force. What we would try to do is kill everybody in the Nazi army. Right. <laughs> 
Yes. So I assume, I think I can assume with decent confidence that Bernie Sanders is advocating we kill the people he believes are responsible for climate change. I mean, do, it's gotten to the point where that's, I don't know that that's even out of the realm of possibility, <laughs> right. what he's saying. It's, it's that bad. We've seen occasional quotes from people on, in the climate side that say, like, these people are a virus. Uh, you know, uh, Prince, uh, what's his face in uh, in in uh, Great Britain said uh, this famously. He said basically humanity is a virus. Yeah, and we need to we need to treat it like it's a virus. Yeah. I mean, this is a devastating military attack, though. That's how we respond. Now, oddly, it's not necessarily how Bernie Sanders responds. So I don't know if we should write like a harshly worded letter to climate change <laughs> to try to stop it. I don't know if that's how nicely did reverse its course. Maybe blame Um, our government for being too mean to the climate (laughs) so that then we can say that the climate change is our fault. I don't know exactly what you're supposed to do here, but typically the United States would do that. We would step up and we would we would launch a giant military effort to destroy whoever was responsible. And I don't think it's that. I mean, I don't I guess if you ask Bernie, he's not going to say I'm going to I want to go kill every oil executive. I'm guessing. I think it's a question that certainly would be asked if the equivalent thing were said by a Republican. Let's just say, what's a big issue that Republicans get? Like uh, religious freedom. We're like, uh, religious freedom. We should treat that as it was, a, you know, the tax on religious freedom should be treated as if it were a devastating military attack against the United States and the entire planet. They what, do you, ob- what do you think the outcry would be from the left? Of course. And what you're saying we have to kill all atheists and they yeah. would every single Republican, not just the Republican who said it, but every single Republican would be required to answer whether they agree with it Absolutely. and how they disagree with it. Absolutely. No one will ask Bernie Sanders about this in this way. They might say, well, what did you mean by that? And give him an opportunity to say, well, I'm just trying to say it's a serious effort. We all need to unite on. Right. Like they'll come up mm-hmm. with some justification. But mm-hmm. that is pretty cleanly worded. We must look at climate change as, as if it were a devastating military attack against the United States and the entire planet. And we must respond accordingly. How do you respond to that? When you have a devastating attack against your country, you go to war. You bomb somebody. You bomb somebody. You start killing people. That is what the, that's what countries do. So I guess we look for B-52s over ExxonMobil today. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> All right-wing think tanks, uh, wow. you know, batting down the hatches. Uh, so that is it's fascinating. I think it is interesting to look at it from the what if a Republican said this standpoint as well it really mm-hmm. would be it would dominate the news coverage for a very long time what's the most no doubt now of course none of the issues that we think are serious they think are serious right if we say taxes are too high and we should say like there's nothing that you know there's nothing like that and it's so funny to see how the left has somewhat successfully painted people on the right as as being uh, you know they used to call glenn uh that he was doom and gloom and he'd be in the doom room and he's just locking himself up and he's always catastrophic there is nothing in the I put it as plainly as possible. Nothing in the history of the planet that is more catastrophic in its predictions than climate change right now. They will mm-hmm. say literally everybody on Earth is going to die. How can you get more catastrophic than that? They're saying everybody's yeah. life is at risk on the entire planet. And they're saying it's happening now. They're saying every single thing that is negative in the climate uh, is blamed on global warming. Everything uh, that is that is negative as far as a fire or I mean, I bet earthquakes are coming. They're going to start blaming earthquakes on climate change. They will blame anything on climate change. We used to do a thing on the wonderful world of Stu, which, by the way, 
uh, all episodes are uh, available in your subscription to Blaze TV. You should sign up to that and get this show, get to uh, Pat Gray Unleashed, News and Why It Matters, all the stuff, plus all the CRTV shows. We merged with them last year, if you didn't ha- happen to hear that, towards the holiday. Uh, so you get like 30 shows, and you should sign up at blazetv.com slash Beck. Um, but it, we used to do a thing called, here's another 10 things blamed on global warming. And that would be everything from prostitution to, uh, you know, um, uh, you know, antlers falling off of uh, of deer mm-hmm. to uh you know uh the, too much sex among rabbits like every every <laughs> single thing that happens in our society has a tie to this and you wonder why people can't take it seriously it's hard for people to take seriously because a it's very difficult for anyone to conceptualize how a 0.9 degrees celsius temperature rise over a century is going to be as catastrophic as i don't know isis or the fact that my you know my brother doesn't have a job and he's struggling or the fact that I can't pay my bills or whatever the issue is that actually hits home to people or the fact that, you know, millions of Muslims are currently being put in concentration camps in China or that millions of people. I mean, we've lowered the, the poverty rate and, and the amount of uh, kids dying by about half since 1990 was a massive accomplishment, but it still means way too many kids are just dying of starvation and disease that are preventable. These are things happening right now. And the idea that, you know, the, the idea that in theory, climate change will make these things 20% worse in, in 50 years is not, does not compare with a person who's currently starving, right? You can do much more, much more quickly to people who actually are alive right now. Uh, and you can also create innovations that help those people in the future. All the predictions from the night, I mean, we've talked about this before, but the big environmental issue um, 100 years ago was how do we get all of this cow manure from the horses or the horse manure? It would be weird to have the cow manure from the horses. I don't know <laughs> if they're just importing it or what, but horse manure, how do we get it off the island of Manhattan? It's, it's piling up. And as more people move to Manhattan and these streets get busier, we're going to have so many horses, there's going to be horse crap all over the streets and we're on an island. How are we going to get it all off? That was the environmental concern a hundred years ago. And we're taught, told to believe that in a hundred years from now, they're going to understand exactly what's going on. It's insane. It's insane. It's it's so bad that on uh, Meet the Press, um, Chuck Todd mm. tackled the whole the, the whole show, and he said this is an unusual thing, but it's so serious. We're we're going to take the whole show and talk about climate change. Yes, and made the point that the cli- the, the the science is settled. There is no debate. Here's how he started out the discussion. Good. Do we have that? Do we have his uh, his comments? Okay, let's let's hear this from Chuck Todd. We're going to do something that we don't often get to do. Dive in on one topic. It's obviously extraordinarily difficult to do this, as the end of this year has proven in the era of Trump. But we're going to take an in-depth look, uh, regardless of that, at a literally earth-changing subject that doesn't get talked about this thoroughly on television news, at least, climate change. But just as important as what we are going to do this hour is what we're not going to do. Right. We're not going to debate climate change, the existence of it. The earth is getting hotter and human activity is a major cause, period. We're not wow. going to give time to climate deniers. The science is settled, even if political opinion is not. And we're not going to confuse weather with climate. A heat wave is no more evidence that climate change exists than a blizzard means that it doesn't unless the blizzard hits Miami. I, I will give him the fact that he actually pointed out the heat wave is not evidence of it because that is not because yes, they're not they don't yeah. do that anymore. They don't do that. I, I mean, Al Gore always confuses weather with climate, mm-hmm. and he used to tell us all the time, 
don't confuse weather with climate. And they, then they turn around and, and do it on every single occasion. Like every time there's a heat wave in the summer, it's climate change. Every time there's a massive storm in the winter uh, with snow and cold, it's climate change. That, that whole uh, polar vortex thing is always explained away by climate change mm-hmm. every single time. Yeah. It, it, this is an amazing stance that the, uh, we are not going to have any debate over this. We're, what's, show me the science that has settled this. First of all, you can't prove this uh, in any way that it is absolutely man-caused. You can't do it. They don't even claim that it's all man-caused. That's not what the documents even say. I mean, they, they say it's majority man-caused. So again, let's just say, best case scenario, because this would be the best case scenario, right, left? Like, we, we, we all don't want to die from climate change, so theoretically, the best case scenario would be 51% of it is man-made. Mm-hmm. If it's 51% man-made, we have a totally different issue than what they're talking about. If it's 49% natural, totally different issue than what we're talking about. And, that is, and they act as if it's definitely 100%, which is not even what the U.N. is saying. They just go further and further and further uh, down this road. This is, this is a news program, supposedly, that is just telling you there is no debate on this subject. Well, I, I don't know very many, if any, uh, topics where the debate is just settled and you can't entertain anybody else's opinion. Let's get into this in a second, because I, I, I think... This is one of the issues that they try to treat it like it's the Holocaust, right? Like, that's an example. They, if mm-hmm. they were doing a show on the Holocaust, they would not say, by the way, it's interesting. Maybe nobody died. Like, they're not. Like, I, get, <laughs> right. I get that right. point. This yes. is not the same issue. We'll get no. into that in 60 seconds here on the Glenn Beck Program. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Let's talk about something real here. You can put off a lot of things in life. You don't have to join a gym. You can clean your gutters, but usually they will rot off your house. But here's another thing you shouldn't put off, and that is getting home security. It's your home. It's your family. It's your stuff. You want to protect it, but there's always something holding you back. And most likely, it's the idea of paying an awful lot of money or paying a middleman and being indebted forever. It also could be the fact that they want you to schedule a six-hour installation window. You don't have time for that. Simply Safe Home Security has gotten rid of of all of those reasons not to get home security. And I'm about to tell you how to save a ton, too. These guys are really great. They don't have any contracts. There's no wiring. There's no markup. There's no installation windows. Just professional quality home security with 24-hour professional monitoring. Now you can save hundreds on Simply Safe with their extended holiday sale. Just go to simplysafebeck.com to get this great offer at simplysafebeck.com. Save on home protection today, but hurry. The holiday sale ends January 8th. That's simplysafebeck.com. Patents too uh, for Glenn on the Glenn Beck program. Um, clearly, we need to be educated on this uh, climate situation because uh, it's catastrophic, and there's no debate. Uh, the science is in; it's settled. There's consensus. We hear all these catchphrases. Remember the consensus thing? It's totally made up. They just totally started. One person said, "There's consensus," and everybody else just started saying it too. There, there actually is no evidence that there's consent. In fact, there's a lot of evidence to the contrary. Like thirty-seven thousand scientists and meteorologists that have signed off on it's not catastrophic, and it might be happening, but it's no. there's nothing we can do about it. Right. Or mm-hmm. you know, whatever degree of doubt you have. There's about 37,000 people who disagree with this 
who are professionals in the field. It's that's why it's uh, very specifically worded. I mean, there is a, a pretty a pretty decent scientific consensus, if you want to say that, on the idea that in the past the it has warmed about 0.9 degrees over the past century. Now, again, that is a there's a huge margin of error built into that figure, mm-hmm. but they do believe it's warmed. Most scientists would agree on that. Most scientists think that there's some level of input that humanity is having on that, Whether, but how do they quantify that? And that's a huge part of the debate. The debate only comes when you get to this idea of, all right, look, A, are we as human beings really going to be able to solve an issue like that? B, how do we do it? C, can mm-hmm. we afford to do it? D, should we prioritize it over all these other things occurring right now? The person being slaughtered in the Middle East, do they get less attention from this 0.9 degree sense, uh, you know, uh, 0.9 degree Celsius temperature rise over a century and maybe another degree in the future? Do we really sit back and say, well, let's let's not worry about that person. Let's not worry about the person dying of malaria in Africa. Let's worry about the theoretical, uh, uh, you know, increase of you know some uh, some uh, you know outflow of climate change and you also have to ignore the fact it's happened before over and over and over and over and over again mm-hmm. the the earth warms and then it cools and then it warms and then it cools i mean the evidence of the of the uh palm trees in the arctic is pretty good evidence that things were different at the arctic at one point in time yeah it does change it does uh, and a lot of this has to do with, you know, it's re- like t- giving them the benefit of the doubt for a moment. It's really freaking hard to figure out the climate. Mm-hmm. It's a planet. We live on the planet. There are millions of different things that affect the climate on a day-to-day basis and over a long period of time. And there's no way to do high-quality scientific studies on the on on the planet. Because you don't have a million planets to play with. You can't just say, okay, let's experiment on 999,999 other ones. You can't do that. Mm-hmm. Right. And like when you see this, when you have a lot of reporting on food and health in the media, oh, uh, this thing causes cancer. This thing doesn't cause cancer. Uh, you know, butter is good for you now. Butter is bad for you. That that feeling that you have with science is not really a problem with science. That is a problem with the reporting on science. Mm-hmm. And almost all of those reports, if you've seen uh, advice on how to eat from some supposed you know scientific study and it's on like Pinterest Almost definitely what you've seen is the one of the lowest level of uh, studies, observational studies, um, uh, you know, anecdotal studies, uh, case reports. Um, and maybe it goes up to animal lab in vitro type studies, these low level things like where they'll feed a rat 900,000 pounds of, of salt and it develops <laughs> cancer. And you're like, oh, salt causes cancer. Well, no. <clears throat> That's like, they don't eat that much. It, you know, there's a million reasons why that's insane. Not to mention rats aren't people. Like there's, cert- there's a certain type of rat that is used in experiments all the time that is very susceptible to bladder cancer in almost every circumstance. So if you give these guys like anything, <laughs> they get bladder cancer a lot. It's a specific type of rat and they use it all the time in these trials. And this one I, th- I would blame on the scientists at some level. In that they use this rat knowing that it's susceptible to bladder cancer. So they get increases in bladder cancer all the time. Now, later on, when they follow up with human beings on these same studies, they all get disproven. You know, they all, you all find out in the end, okay, yeah, you can't have salt. Oh, okay, yeah, you can't have this. You can't have that. Um, and that is what happens with, with global warming. There's no mm-hmm. way to do a high-quality study on it because you don't have these planets. And what they say is, well, of course we can't do these high-quality studies on it. We don't have a million planets. So what we do is we make computer models that simulate the planet. But that is you trying to figure out how to simulate the entire 
planet. That is really freaking hard to do. And it's not my problem that you can't do the high-quality scientific studies that, that are demanded to get consensus on an issue. It's not, it's not my problem. They, they also have admitted multiple times lately, they didn't even understand how the planet works, so how are you inputting the mm-hmm. right numbers so that the models can spit out the right information? Mm-hmm. When you didn't so much as know this a few years ago. Carbon emissions also trap heat. Today's mm-hmm. report shows oceans have absorbed 90% of that heat, huh. raising ocean temperatures by half a degree. Had all that heat gone into the atmosphere, air temperatures could have risen by more than 200 degrees. <laughs> so it's a really good thing the Earth works the way it does. Yeah. But surprising to me that you didn't know it worked that way. Right. This was their excuse for why yeah. it hasn't warmed more. Hey, we didn't know the ocean was going to absorb 90% right. of it. Otherwise, we'd be 200 degrees hotter. And I'm not going to be the person who's going to say, <laughs> hey, idiots, you should have known. But you should have known if you're going to claim yeah. consensus. Right. Right. Like the, the most, the easiest equivalent to the to the, the climate is the human body. Human body is a massively complicated system. There are certain things we know about it, but a lot of things we don't, right? Like there's mm-hmm. cancer and mental illness and think of all the things we can't cure, right? Mm-hmm. We do have billions of people who do all different lifestyles to see how they will react to certain things and we still don't have that one figured out. You think they have the climate figured out like this? Like they claim to? Nope, they don't. They don't. Uh, and the best cure for this is innovation, learning what the problems are and having capitalism help solve them. That's what's helped all this time and, and made society flourish in this period of warming. Pat and Stu for Glenn on the Glenn Beck Program, 888-727-BECK. It was a great great vacation. It was a, it was a great Christmas and, and New Year's season, right up until uh, Friday morning, I thought, when I first got a text... Jeffy just had a heart attack. I'm like, wait, what? I, I mean, pretty, uh, pretty nerve shattering and, uh, uh, pretty scary. And, um, so he wound up in the hospital and, uh, in true Jeffy fashion was, uh, <laughs> hassling the nurses every time they came in. Mm-hmm. Was uh, he was hassling the EMTs when mm-hmm. they were working on him mm-hmm. as he's having a, a fairly major heart attack, um, but fortunately uh, he he pulled through pretty well. And by Friday afternoon, he's sitting up in a chair next to his bed at the hospital. Amazing, just incredible. Uh, so I think that's a real tribute to first of all modern medical science and and uh, and and the chances that you have. If you have a heart attack and you make it to the hospital, there's a pretty good chance they can save you. Which is incredible. That was not always the case. Right. We've talked about this before with the issue of, you know, the rates of people dying by disease, cancers, you know, heart disease, all of these things have dropped dramatically in the last couple of decades. We've made massive improvements uh, just because, you know, the technology has improved and we've made major leaps. We don't necessarily like recognize it, but that really was a... A stark example with Jeffy, you know, even though our, you know, health care in this country is so pathetic <laughs> and rates behind Botswana. <laughs> right. It's like, I don't think that's true, guys. I don't think it's true. I, yeah, I don't. I don't know. I mean, I, I'm not saying it's a perfect system. There's lots of issues with it and cost can be a problem at times. Mm-hmm. But I mean, in reality, like, thank God we live here. Thank yeah. God we're, we have the the access to to the system that we have, and thank God they haven't screwed it up yet. And they're t- trying; they're doing everything they can to screw it up. Yeah. Uh, but thank God, so far they've been unsuccessful. 
And we got somebody on the phone now who can actually attest to all of this. Uh, hey, Jeffy. I, I can attest to, uh, yes, the uh, the health care, at least the help, you know, like the the uh, ambulance uh, workers and the fire rescue guys. While I was, uh, I may have made some comments to them that <laughs> they didn't appreciate, mm-hmm. uh, they were great. And had it not been for, you know, my wife calling and them getting here saying, yes, you're having a heart attack, and yes, we're taking you to the hospital mm-hmm. right now, mm-hmm. um, it, there'd be no more me. There's no question about right, that. Right, which is... But really amazing to think of that we we could have lost you. But uh, you mentioned something interesting that your your wife uh, did go ahead and call nine one one, which you told her not to do. <laughs> well, I did, but really that last time was more of a no, but yes, call and get them here now. <laughs> so that she was, was supposed was, to read between the lines yeah, then. Yeah, yeah, and she did. Yeah, she that's, did. It's a great time for Thank subtlety, Lord, Jeffy. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's a great time because, you know, really, it, I know, uh, you know, you talk about the health care, but, you know, preventative care probably would have been a smart thing there, too. What? Uh, for a couple of, I you know, think? I know. Huh. I know. A couple of days prior to the heart attack that didn't go away, you know, I woke up with chest pain and I was like, oh, I'll be fine. And it went away and it'll be okay. Wow. And, uh, you know, I probably, probably should have said something to someone maybe probably <laughs> yeah, should potentially have check. since you've been uh, injecting lard directly into your veins for years <laughs> apparently what happens when you do that uh, uh the left side of your heart just completely shuts down yeah that's not a good blocked. idea that was really scary I, I saw the picture of of it completely blocked uh, it i mean it's that's really wow. scary looking so, and Jeff, uh, you see that it was a hundred percent, right? And one, one of one of the arteries, one hundred percent blockage. The left side, which apparently is the, nicknamed the Widowmaker uh, for good mm. reason, uh, was completely blocked. And the doctors have told me that you know if I didn't come when I did, that would have been it. There wouldn't have made it. And mm. a wow. lot, most of the time, most of the time, people don't make it in time. Uh, which was it's really chilling. Know, that sure is. It sure is. Kind of makes your ears perk up and think, okay, maybe I should listen to what they tell me now. And hopefully you're doing that. It's probably not a good idea to inject the lard directly. (laughs) No. (laughs) (laughs) Or the tars and nicotines directly into your luns, (laughs) Mm. uh, because that can constrict the uh, arteries and cause a problem. They are not a fan of that. The doctors in the hospitals are not a fan of uh, the nicotine input at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was their big case. But, you know, this the uh, the outpouring from uh, our listeners and, and so course, co-workers was overwhelming. I mean, I, really, thank you all. It was o- really overwhelming, and it mean, meant so much. And, hey, it worked. Your prayers and well wishes and thoughts worked. Cause, yeah, by the way. Uh, mm-hmm. I survived. I know. It was, I know. It was <laughs> It's an interesting Amazing. dynamic you have going on, Jeffy, because I, I, the outpouring was unbelievable. I, and I cannot remember ever seeing anything like it. I mean, it, the, you know, for whatever reason, this audience loves Jeffy. And I, <laughs> I've never been able to put a finger on as to why, uh, but they love it. But it was funny to see people who were like, oh, my gosh, like, this is the, you know, I can't believe this. We're praying for you, Jeffy. And then you look at the, the Twitter handle. It's like, Jeffy is fat. You're just like, I don't know. Can you make that? <laughs> 
<laughs> your Twitter name is Jeffy is fat. You're not allowed to. That's fantastic. <laughs> uh, but I mean, it really was. I mean, honestly, like uh, they, you know, people, people really like really care. And that's yeah, it's, it's, it's cool. Every once in a while you see that, you know. Every once in a while you do, although you find out just really they don't really because in the <laughs> hospital after in the hospital you figure you, you have to stay there and they take care of you. On about the third day they're like you're done, get out. Right. <laughs> well, it's true, and I I actually took that as a, a real sign of I was amazed by just like the the, the quality of our healthcare system in a in a weird way, Jeffy. Because I saw you uh, yesterday, was it and. You were up and about, and and they said to you, "Look, you know, you can go back to work whenever you feel okay. Like you're basically not overly restricted." It's amazing. No, I, I, I mean, I've, obviously, I have to go see a uh, you know, heart doc now and get his uh, direct input, but because the guy that was on call for the surgery, who you know, just a, a uncalled heart surgeon, amazing. You know, mm. when I left the house here, apparently, I got worse on my way to the hospital. So I bypassed everything when I went to the hospital. I went right into the surgery, and uh, the I just I just remember being, hey, we're going to go take you right into surgery, and that was it. And these guys are incredible. I mean, really. When Pat talked about me sitting up, and there's a, I have some more stories about one of the reasons I was sitting up was because of the great bed that they have there. But uh, the other reason is that you know, really, it was I was I was okay. I mean, my chest really hurt, obviously, and, you know, my lungs because of the surgery. But, I mean, it's, I was okay. And now, you know, I'm just, I'm trying to get my energy back and and be okay. But as far as uh, hurting and aching and not being able to get up in the day, that's all gone. Mm, it's that's amazing. amazing. Um, now, Je- really Jeffy, I wanted to ask you, uh, did you open up the Christmas present I bought for you? <laughs> I did. I thought I had posted it, but I, it hadn't been posted yet. So I did open up your Christmas. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it meant a lot. It meant a lot to me that you would give me a recalled lettuce. <laughs> um, <laughs> wow, that is know, thoughtful. A uh, giant Stu. bag of romaine all wrapped up in pretty Christmas. That, uh, that is really <laughs> a thoughtful gift. I, I mean, I guess I guess in today's world, if you've got recalled lettuce in your freezer and you don't uh-huh. know what to do with it, give it to the fat neighbor. <laughs> I, mean, I, I guess that's the plan. I don't know. <laughs> I thought you'd appreciate it, Jeffy. Yeah, I, I really appreciate it. Uh, it meant a lot. It meant a lot. <laughs> well, we, uh, you know, we miss you. And, you're, you're, of course, uh, can't wait for you to come back. But don't, I, you know, you typical Jeffy's like, I think I might come in on t- on Wednesday. And I'm like, no, we're not accepting you on Wednesday. St- Stay by at least a few days. The Chew in the Fat, the podcast with Jeff Fisher will come back. It, it's, it's waiting for you when you come back. But please don't rush back. I, I can't deal with another one of these things. I can't no deal kidding. with it. Yeah, that was too scary. Too much to do here, Jeffy. Too much, too much work to do. It mostly, it really was scary. And again, thank you to the outpouring from you know the listeners and the fans and the coworkers. I mean, it was it truly was overwhelming, and it, it means a lot to myself and my family for sure. Have you tweeted out the picture of the EMT trying to push you up the hill yet? <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you brought that up. But <laughs> no, I, I have not. I thought uh, I just thought that was you know going to stay in house, but I guess not. No, no I can't stay in house. <laughs> <laughs> apparently, <laughs> apparently there they left uh, the other EMT as they were having me leave, take me out of the house. They left one guy by himself trying to hold me. <laughs> 
to trying to hold me uh, up against the the ambulance. We live on a you know a little bit of a hill, and uh, he was apparently st- they don't make uh, EMTs as strong as they used to. I guess <laughs> apparently not. Uh, apparently not. Uh, apparently he was not. really struggling trying to hold me up against the truck. Uh, but you know, think of uh, and you laugh about that, and, and obviously we 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 have. But had he not been able to hold me, uh, that's a whole other story. Yeah, because oh, yeah. you would have been rolling down the hill. Rolling You'd still be going. Yeah. Oh, there's definitely a, a, a viral video of Jeffy uh, uh, rolling out oh, from the back God. of an ambulance with a gown flapping oh, in the going. wind that would, uh, that oh, would have broken man. the Internet. It, would, it definitely would have broken the Internet. But, uh, yeah, that, I mean, it, it was. I'm sure that he all of a sudden realized, um, guys, need a little help here. pound guy here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. And, of course, my wife, loving me so much, decided, hey, I'll take a picture. Yeah, yeah. I, I did wonder yeah, how we had a picture. I mean, she pretty much saved your life, so it's hard to be critical. Uh, but the fact that she was documenting your loading into the ambulance on social media was uh, and, questionable. And trust me, there's some, there's some pictures that will not ever get posted. <laughs> Probably to all of our benefit, I think, mm-hmm. on that one, Jeff. All right, we're, we're really grateful uh, that you're still around. Thank you. I love you. You know that. We, we love, love you, man. We love you, but we're not going to admit it here on the air. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. All right. <laughs> Except for just that once for just me, that and once. then that's it. That's, that's it. it. <laughs> all right, Jeffy, uh, continue to uh, recover and, and don't push it. All right. See you soon. All right. See you. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three or triple eight seven twenty seven back. Thank One you. Of the that's, two numbers. Would it, be great. Unless you want to call me tomorrow right. uh, on Pat Gray Unleashed, that would be the number to call. But seven two seven back is is the number here. Pat and Stu for Glenn on the Glenn Beck program. Triple eight seven two seven B E C K. Hey, did you notice that Netflix is claiming forty five million people watched their uh, Sandra Bullock movie called Is it Birdcage? Birdcage, Bird Box, Bird, Bird Box. Box. That's right, Birdcage. It's a different movie, <laughs> <laughs> right? Bird- that Nathan Lane. Oh yeah, yeah. The Birdcage wasn't that a big movie back in the day? Yeah, I think it was. Um, it's not that movie. No, um, that would be a really big announcement. They're like, hey, by the way, forty-five random million <laughs> random people just watched the Birdcage. This we weekend. don't even know why. It's <laughs> been out for fifteen years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's a huge number. I mean, it's have hard. you seen it? I've not. Um, I haven't it's, either. It's hard really to understand what it means. I mean, first of all, it's a self-reported number, and they said um, it's accounts. So yeah, you can have two or three or four or five different accounts in a household. So I don't know if that matters, but uh, right. But I mean, they're, that's they're, still a lot of people. Like, yeah, if it's forty-five million accounts, also though, you could have three people watching it at the same time on one account. So it could be even yeah. more than forty-five million people. And they say very true. The stat is uh, at least seventy percent of the movie was watched. So that's a that's a legitimate stat for a view, right? Like it's not like some you know they they rolled a minute of the trailer and then they counted as a view. Right? Yeah, that's it's, huge. That's huge. If it's true, which Again, it's an internal number, so you know, grain of salt, obviously. Um, and they chose to release it knowing it was really good. Yeah. But if it's true, it is an amazing thing, and it shows that they no longer they don't need anybody. I mean, Netflix is just they just put they know, really don't the reason why they didn't even promote it. They didn't run ads for it. They just put it on their homepage. And if when you land your landing page, you saw that wow. you're like, oh wow, Sandra Bullock has a new movie only on Netflix. Let's watch it. And 40, that seems so high to me, but 45 million people apparently decided to do that. I mean, I think this is going to happen more and more often Mm -hmm. because Netflix is spending so much on their original content, including, you know, what would normally have been major motion picture releases. Yep. This this would have been a movie that was in theaters that you'd have to go to. Mm -hmm. And now it's 
basically, well, free with your subscription in your own home. It's a pretty good deal. And they're getting huge stars to do this. They got Julia Roberts on one of their series mm-hmm. now. They have Sandra Bullock. I mean, people are coming out of the woodwork and, and doing really incredible work for Netflix. And it really is one of those things that is, there's no negative to it. Now it's like the place you want to go. You know, remember right. when Kevin Spacey took right. House of Cards, everyone's like, why the hell is like, Kevin wow, Spacey? Is he washed up now. Yeah, right. It was like, <laughs> and shocking that wound up playing out a little bit that way uh, eventually. <laughs> but I mean, you know, he basically built that entire company with that series at the beginning. Really did. And... You know, it, yeah. it felt like, why would he do that? He's going to a streaming service to do a series? It just it made no sense. It's amazing to me that Netflix is what it is. When it started out as this little company that's kind of an alternative to blockbuster video, yeah. they'll mail me the DVD, it'll come in my mail, mm-hmm. and it's a little more convenient, but it takes a day or two to get here. Uh, and now to this, yeah. where they're doing all this original content. It's amazing. And one of the craziest stories in, of all time in the business world is that Reed Hastings, the CEO of, of Netflix, early on, in a very tough time, went to Blockbuster and tried to sell it to Blockbuster for like $80 million. Wow. And they turned it down. <laughs> Oopsies. Oopsies is a, is a correct term. Oh, no. Oh, golly. Oh, no. Wow. Amazing. They have this new choose your own adventure thing they did with Black Mirror as well. Have you heard this? No. Oh, my. It looks incredible. Oh, yeah, where you've got separate endings? Yeah, you're choosing what the character does throughout the movie. That's incredible. Uh, it's really innovative stuff. You're listening to Glenn Beck.